everyone. Welcome back to Tea to Green with hosts Jensen and Megan. Today, we have the privilege of talking with Caroline Craig, a junior at University of Georgia and a Georgia native. Over the course of her career thus far, she's had one top 25 finish, one top 15 finish, and four top 10s with several rounds in the 60s. During her freshman year, she was tied for the second most birdies on her team with 51. She's also been named SEC Freshman of the Week during her time at Georgia. Last summer, she competed in the U.S. Women's Am and also finished third at the Tennessee Open. This past month, she competed in the Orlando International Amateur, where she finished in fourth with a final score of one under. Off the golf course, she has also been quite accomplished as she has seen multiple academic accolades and has been named to the SEC Community Service Team as a result of all her hard work. We're so excited to have you on with us, Caroline. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So first things first, how'd you get into golf? So my parents, I would have to say, got me into golf and my grandparents too. Uh, my parents actually met through golf on the high school golf team. So I think that's pretty cool. But, you know, they let us like try all sports. They let us try tennis and dance and gymnastics, whatever little girls wanted to do. But then I really fell in love with golf. Um, and yeah, they've just pushed us ever since and just helped us reach our goals. So they got my sister and I both into golf. So you have a sister? Yes, she's two years younger than me. She goes to Western Kentucky. Does she play golf there as well? Yep, she's on the team. She's a freshman. She just played her first semester. Um, so it's exciting for her to be in college golf as well. That's so cool. What's it like having her compete at such a high level as well? I think it's super special. Um, you know, it's always been a dream for both of us to play college golf and to now, you know, have that shared experience together. It's just really awesome. Yeah, she's killing it for sure. So it's just nice to have her experiencing similar things that I already am and um, seeing her pursue her dreams as well. So when you went to college two years ago, did you give her any advice of things you learned while you were at college to help prepare her for her future in college golf? Oh, yes. Definitely gave her a lot of advice, you know, because it's such a big change. And I always say that I'm the guinea pig since it's just the two of us and I'm the older sibling. So I was like the guinea pig for junior golf, guinea pig for recruiting process, and I guess for college experience too. And she's also six hours away from home. So it's definitely a large change um, for her. But I really just told her to stay patient, you know, keeping who she is. Um, she's awesome and has a wonderful personality and super creative. And um, I told her about how time management is key. And, you know, we talked a lot about that because I think it's one of the things that helped me learning how to flip the switch on and off for golf, academics, social, um, and just kind of like balance those things because it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Um, you know, living on your own, having to do laundry, just keeping up with everything and, you know, playing a sport on top of everything else. You're already doing double what regular college students are doing. You know, I gave her advice on how to handle adversity and the responsibility of being on a team and, you know, the pressures of qualifying and just all that comes with being on a team. Uh, since we are such an individual sport, it changes a bit once you do get on a team full of girls. <laughs> and then we talked about how there's a lot of new people in college and just being outgoing and making friends and classes really like helped me in the first semester. Um, and some of those friends now have stuck with me and now I'm a junior. So yeah, just kind of talked all about that. So some advice. 
That's so cool that she's able to learn from you and your past experiences and just like get a warning before college. Yeah, definitely. I think it took a lot of stress off of her just to have somebody to talk to. And I'm glad that I could do that as her sister. So how old were you when you started playing? So I, well, if you want to get technical, two years old, I had like this little plastic club. There's like this picture of me in our Florida front lawn, just like my little bonnet, like swinging this little plastic club. But I guess um, I really started playing when I was five. I actually played my first first tee event of Northwest Florida um, at that age. It was like three holes in a car, like all pink outfit, just going out for the day. So yeah, I would say five years old is when I first started playing. So how old was your sister? Um, she was the same age as well. I think her first tournament was six. So we were kind of on the same pathway. And I think it was, you know, just watching her older sister play golf. And, you know, most of the time, younger sisters or siblings in general want to copy the other one. And she really did copy, but the opposite side because she's left-handed. So I guess we copied each other and mirrored each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool that she's left-handed. Yes, no hand-me-down clubs from growing up. <laughs> Is she just naturally left-handed or she just pick up a club left-handed and just swing more natural than right? She's actually ambidextrous. Um, like I said, she's so creative. So this is where I get to brag on her, but she writes left-handed, but she like eats right-handed. She like will throw a ball right-handed, play golf left-handed. She's just, I don't know, she can switch. <laughs> That's so cool. Do you have any talents like that? Um, I, I wish I, I try to like brush my teeth with my left hand, if that's considered one. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not left or right-handed, but I have a creative side. I like to do pottery and things. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. So back to your sister, you guys grew up playing the same tournaments competitively, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Oh, similar schedules for sure. <laughs> so would you guys just travel as a family together and all and you and your sister playing the tournament? Yeah, we tried to do that um, as much as possible because it's a lot of fun when you get to travel together as a family and see, you know, for my parents to see both of their daughters compete. But, you know, at times through the summer, she'd have to play a different tournament than me um, just based on where we were at and, you know, college recruiting and everything, just what we needed to be in. So one parent would go with one child and the other parent would go with the other. And I think there was one summer right before I went to college I think I only saw her for a few weeks out of the summer just because we happen to have completely different schedules. But growing up, it was basically the same. Um, so that was really cool. So I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a sister and she and I grew up playing golf together as well. Ah, yes. I think I remember that from the Georgia Carolina golf tournament, seeing y'all. I've got to know, when you and your sister played in the same junior golf tournaments growing up, what was it like teeing it up against her? Oh, yeah. We are definitely competitive, I will say. But it's like a good competitive. It's not like a ugly competitive, you know. We're there for each other through the good and the bad rounds. But I love whenever we get a teed up against each other, honestly, because it's just like, we joke around saying, oh, who's going to take first? Oh, who's going to take second? Because we can't both take first. It's always a good time when we get to tee it up against each other and just see how we do. And we like to joke about it. 
Yeah, that's how it was for my sister and I, how she and I were both very competitive and, you know, you're right. Like there's only one winner. And at the end of the day, I mean, you don't want to get beat by your sister. Like it's okay to get beat by someone else in the field, but you always got to be better than your sister. Yes, definitely. (laughs) But it's so cool when you get better because of your sibling, like you and your sister, my sister and I would push each other. And I mean, she used to beat me all the time. And in that Carolina's Georgia tournament, I don't think I ever beat her in that tournament. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just motivates you to get better. I mean, you don't like seeing the younger sister beat you, especially you and I, you know, we're the older ones. Our name needs to be up top. But it's so cool to be motivated by someone in your family, yet to also be so happy for their success. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah, we definitely had that because there were some tournaments where she – beat me so bad and it would you know it would stink a little bit I would be not embarrassed but I you know like you said the older sibling wants to be on top but yeah I definitely agree about the motivation part I think it's special to have that so when she started her freshman year this year did she come to you for a lot of advice yeah she did um actually before she went off to college I did the little letter writing where it's like open for this moment. Um, And that was kind of my gift to her on the way to college. Um, So I wrote like letters, you know, open before your first qualifying round, open before your first college tournament. And I just kind of wrote, you know, like we mentioned advice earlier, I just kind of wrote advice and just words of encouragement um, because I remember that pressure. I remember that, you know, excitement, but nervous at the same time because, you want to qualify for your first tournament, which she played all season. So that was really awesome for her. But yeah, she, you know, we FaceTimed a lot and texted a lot through the semester, you know, just talking about swing things and friends and stuff on the team and goals, just anything like that. The open win letters might be the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I, I think she liked it. I think she still has them on her desk. I always, I always messed with her. I was like, did you even bring those to college? And she was like, yes, I actually, I've almost opened all of them. So that's exciting. <laughs> I got to ask the open win letter before qualifying. What was it really about? What was the main point of advice you gave her? Um, it was just kind of remind her of, you know, she's put in all the hard work and She's done all of the hard things and now it's just time to put it onto the course. And so I just tried to, you know, relieve her from the pressure and the stress because I didn't want her to get overwhelmed or try to put too much pressure on herself to make something happen versus I just told her like, it will happen if you just stay patient, if you just, you know, trust and just really just have, just enjoy it, you know, be like, wow, I get to do something that so many people would pay to do. So let me just go out, you know, it's just a qualifying round with your teammates. So that's even better. It's not like scary people, I guess. (laughs) Oh, and I just try to remind her to just, you know, stay in the moment and enjoy it. And whatever happens, happens. Just you can accept it and there's going to be another day. Yeah, I think that advice is really good because a lot of people, especially freshmen growing, the freshmen that come in, they're always so anxious for qualifying when in reality, it's just another round. That's all qualifying yeah. is. Also for you to stress to your sister that it's a get to mindset, not a have to mindset. We should be grateful for all the opportunities we get 
you know, we're going to go through adversity. We're going to go through, you know, a ton of stress with balancing classes, time management, especially as freshmen. And just for you to remind her at the beginning, like, hey, this is a get to, not a have to. You don't have to be out there qualifying. You get to do this, you know. First round, yeah. you're going to play bad, but hey, it's just another round and your coach wants to see you struggle just so they can see you fight through that. I mean, they're going to want a player that's going to be able to fight through adversity and get through that in the middle of a tournament round when they're struggling or injured or sick or whatever. And it's so cool for you to be able to, to tell your sister that right out of the gate as freshman, because I wish I was told that. I mean, a lot of days you wake up and you're like 6 a.m. workouts, like I really don't want to do this today, but it's a get to, and you're going to miss it one day. You're only there for four years. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, in junior golf, we talked about finding joy in the challenge. And so that's something else that um, I remember writing or at least telling her and reminding about finding joy in the challenge. And, you know, you're going to have an awesome round and you're going to have a bad round, but that's why you're on a team. And so you can go to your teammates afterwards or whatever you know, works for everybody else and you're going to get through it. So you guys obviously both grew up with the ambitions of one day playing college golf. Yes. Yes, definitely. That was always a dream. So did you guys ever talk about going to the same school? You know, I think, I think that's an interesting question because of course we would have loved to play on the same team. I think that's really special. I know the yeah, the Spicer sisters did that at Virginia Tech. And that's really cool, um, especially because they're twins. So even cooler. <laughs> um, but we definitely talked about, you know, potentially being on the same team. But it was more about what place worked for each of us. You know, what place felt like home to each of us and where we felt like we could go to succeed as a player, academically, and as a person, too. Um, and if that happened to be the same school, that would be awesome. But, you know, it just happened. It's it's not. And that's totally fine because I feel like we can both have our own pathways and both be able to leave the type of legacies that we want to leave um, at our universities. So I think it's cool that we can do it at two different places. And if we did it the same, even better. But I'm excited that she's at the place that she loves and, is, and wants to be there. Yeah, that is so cool. How often do you guys talk? Uh, every day. <laughs> it was, uh, we at least text every day or, you know, Snapchat or send each other funny Instagram videos or something. Um, it was funny though, during her first semester, you know, I didn't want to be like the sister that calls all the time or anything. So we only FaceTimed a few times. Um, but of course it just felt like normal. So we just try to stay in contact as much as possible. We understand how busy our schedules are and she's in a different time zone and central time. So she'd always like call me, but I was already asleep for workouts or something. <laughs> so you're a junior now. Has she came and visited you at all your freshman and sophomore year? Yeah, she came a few times, um, but just come and hang out. Athens is a fun place to be. And there's so many restaurants and shops and everything. So they either come for the day or she would stay the night at my dorm and now it's nice to have an apartment. So hopefully she'll be able to stay more over the summer or something. Yeah. So she would come and visit and practice or play with me whenever she could. So she's a Western Kentucky and you're a Georgia and obviously they're not both SEC schools. 
and she's only been there for a semester, but this past semester, have you seen her at all in any, at any of the events? Sadly, no, um, we're dying to be at the same tournament. Um, we, like we talked about with junior golf teaming it up together, like you said, um, we want to tee it up in a college tournament so bad. It would just be really cool to see each other and like, you know, our gear with our teams um, and just how her team would work and how my team would work and, you know, see where our games are at. Um, but no, we haven't seen each other yet, but of course there's possibilities and I'm sure our schedules will overlap somehow. <laughs> so just recently we saw you finished fourth in the Orlando AM beginning in January. What was it like teeing it up against your sister in that event? Because I'm sure you guys are both wearing your school colors. Yes, so that was a, that's one of our favorite events. Uh, we always try to play a tournament over Christmas um, and we've played that tournament for three years now, actually. So pretty consistent. Um, and we always get a trip to Universal and Disney. So how could you not want to go down there? Um, but yeah, it was fun to tee it up against each other. We haven't competed um, in a while against each other because of college and stuff. Um, so we were ready to see where our games were at. And, you know, of course, being the older siblings, deciding that I was on top. <laughs> we like to see? Um, so, yes, so that was fun. Um, I wanted, you know, she wanted to play better than she did, but it was just nice to be able to do our practice rounds together, you know, kind of have that flow again, you know, figuring out the golf course and doing our yardage books and waking up and going to the golf course at the same time. So it was definitely fun, but, you know, of course, I wish she made the cut and stuff, but it was nice that, uh, she could support me the final round, even though, you know, she wanted to be hitting all my shots, I'm sure, versus a spectator. <laughs> so you live pretty close to campus, only an hour. Did you grow up at University of Georgia fan? No, I did not. I actually grew up a Florida State fan because I used to live in Niceville, Florida, um, and my mom's a Florida State alumni, and so we were season ticket holders, and it was funny because you know, we grew up Florida State, Florida State. Um, but once I started the recruiting process and we were still going to the football games, I would wear nothing Florida State to the games because I was like, I'm neutral. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know what I was doing. And it was funny when I committed to Georgia, um, we had gone to a Florida State game and I wore my Georgia stuff to the Florida State game. And I think everybody was like, who is this weirdo? But um, no, I did not grow up a Georgia fan. I've had family members uh, come to Georgia way back, like great, great aunts and things come to Georgia. But no, never cheered on the dogs until now. <laughs> what makes University of Georgia special? Oh, man. Um, I just think it's a special place because... The campus is stunning um, and the community you feel when you're here is really undeniable. I was really attracted to, you know, the history of the golf program, both men's and women's. Um, we have a lot of awesome alumni um, and I got to meet uh, Laura Cobble, who's an amazing amateur golfer in the state of Georgia, and she came to Georgia as well. And so I met her through tournaments and, you know, just learning about everything uh, that UGA has athletically um, and academically just I think makes it really special. And I'm such a huge sports lover. And so, you know, having a great football team is exciting and, you know, our basketball is okay, but I do enjoy basketball too. And the baseball is pretty good, but I also think, uh, you know, the professors here, once you get into your major, they really do care for their students. Um, and I've come to, 
you know, know several of my professors and they're super supportive of my golf. And they'll even email me about my summer tournaments as they're following like the leaderboard and stuff. And I think that's really special um, because those are connections, you know, that are going to hopefully last a lifetime and who knows what they'll bring in the future. But yeah, UGA is just a really cool place. And I really just love the layout and just the flow of, you know, college life here. Yeah, one of the really cool things is for Georgia, South Carolina, mainly, and that, like, just the <laughs> southern states, there's just so much southern hospitality, especially in Georgia, which is probably really cool for you to see. Yeah, I definitely agree. How often do you go home? You know, living only an hour and a half away, it's literally like a straight shot, just one road all the way up. I'm trying to think. You know, I try to go home when I can, and it's mainly to go see my swing coach, who is in my hometown, uh, which I'm grateful to have him so close. That's really nice to have. But, you know, we're so busy in the season. It's hard to go home while we're playing and traveling. And so I consider going home when I qualify for a tournament. My parents get to come watch because it's like they're bringing home to the tournament. <laughs> um, so I would say a few times in the semester, but mainly just for the holidays. Um, and if I have a moment in our busy schedule. <laughs> How old were you when you started the recruiting process and when was it that you committed? So I would say I was 12 when I started the recruiting process. And that's a really early age to a lot of people. Um, and the only reason why I say 12 is because I played this SJDT event at Ole Miss and, you know, before all the rule changes, we went and just looked at it and toured it at the time because we were there. And I think the coach invited the players who were in the tournament. Um, so yeah, I started the recruiting process really early, but it was only because I wanted to really know where I wanted to go and just get as much information as possible. Playing tournaments and playing tournaments that were at colleges kind of helped because I naturally just went and saw the campus and saw the facilities and things like that. But I committed to Georgia when I was, let's see, you know, I was 16. Um, I remember the date, it was August 25th. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the date lives in my mind because I had just started my, at my new high school in Georgia. And I remember coming back to high school the next day and wearing all my Georgia gear and everybody was like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was 16. It was like 15 or 16. I was pretty young. Starting the recruiting process that young, did you ever end up going to any camps or was it mainly just visiting the campus and taking tours? Um, I never went to any camps, just time-wise and I guess travel. Um, so we tried to do as much as possible when we went to tournaments, if it was nearby um, a university, you know, just going and checking out. And then of course, scheduling unofficial visits with coaches. I did start that pretty young, but like I said, it was just to, you know, get information and be able to create a bond with them. And, and I think that's why I committed, you know, pretty young because I knew this is where I wanted to go. And I just felt like it was the right moment. Yeah, I feel like that's so important for especially younger kids who are playing in tournaments to just take the time to go look at a campus that's near wherever the, the course is. I feel like that's just a great way for people to really look at the campus and figure out what they like and what they don't like. And it just works out well with the schedule. And I feel like that's a great way to, to go about it. That's really cool. You guys were able to do that when you were younger. Yeah, I feel like it takes a lot of stress out out of it too because you know I didn't want to be rushed at the last moment 
I wanted to in, enjoy it too, because it was fun. It was fun doing all that with my family, but I definitely let some stress off. What is one piece of advice that helped you the most that you would want to share with others about the recruiting process? Take notes, come prepared with questions and really take responsibility for calling, emailing, growing that bond um, with those coaches. Um, I think that's one of the things I'm most grateful to my family for is that they really, you know, encourage my sister and I, like, if you want to play college golf, then you know, you got to do this. You got to be the one to email. You got to be the one to type it up. You got to be the one to ask the questions in the meetings. You know, it was really my sister and I led because this is what we wanted to do. And I think that's a great piece of advice for others um, because it just teaches you, you know, how to talk to coaches, how to, you know, figure out in your mind, what do you want in a university, in a program? You know, and that bond and connection that you create with the coaches, if they become your college coach one day, if they don't, at least you have that. And I think back to, you know, I'll just mention Furman with Jeff Holt. Like he's known me since I was 11. And now we Georgia plays against Furman and, you know, he's always so friendly and stuff. And I think that's cool because, you know, he didn't become my coach, but we still have that bond. And who knows what that'll bring in the future. Yes, it's a really solid point. And another thing that I think the coaches really appreciate is showing that the the student athlete has the accountability. And it's not just a crazy father that's the one emailing and getting involved because coaches want to see it come from the player. They want to know that at the end of the day, it's going to be you and the, and the coach. The parents don't need to be involved. I mean, yes, they can go on visits and they can, I mean, be involved to a certain degree, but the coaches are going to want to hear from the players and the players it's like you said like forming that relationship early is very important especially to the coaches yeah i couldn't agree more i think it also shows that you really care um you know when you come i i have these little notebooks still in my room from that i wrote starting at 12 with the places i went and visited what i liked what i didn't like um you know what they had to offer I even wrote, I think, one place I was like, oh, the trees were cool. I mean, just like stuff like that, you know, it just and then when you come into the meeting with the coach and you already have questions ready and you know what to say, and you know, the parents are kind of the background and you're leading. I think that shows you really care and that, you know, this is your dream and this is what you want to do. Um, so you're going to make it happen. Yeah, the questions part is definitely so crucial. It really just shows how interested you are in the school and really showing that you take the time to get to know everybody and get to know the campus and just how the school works. And I actually forgot about this until now, but I used to do like a rating system in my notebook as well. I used to take notes (laughs) and I had separate categories for different things like, you know, the campus layout, the facilities, the coaches, the academics. I would rate them all on a scale of five and it would kind of help me to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like in certain schools. So I just think that's so cool that we both did similar things. And I think that's so important to just take notes and be able to look back on them in the future. And it's really helpful. Yeah, most definitely. I like the reading skill. It's a good idea. <laughs> it was, I can't take full credit. It was partly my dad's idea, but I did it myself. <laughs> and it was really useful. Nice. So do you recall a specific moment where you knew you wanted to go to Georgia? Ooh, um, I would say when I started to compare um, my other visits to Georgia, um, when I started to go 
you know, on some visits. And then I was like, well, this wasn't like Georgia. Or I, I just, you know, I'd start to compare it. And I think that's a specific moment that I realized, you know, okay, I think I found a place that feels like home. Um, and I found myself, you know, gravitating towards wanting to come back to Athens, wanting to come back to the facilities, you know, even if it's just see the coaches for just a moment or find them at a tournament. I think those are moments that I realized, like, all right, this is the place that I want to commit to. You were part of the SEC community service team for women's golf. Can you tell us about that and what it means for you to get that award? Yes, that was um, a really cool surprise. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. So that was exciting when I saw that uh, post, but you know, I'm involved with uh, a thing called Ambassadors um, here at UGA, and then I'm also involved with SAC uh, starting this year. But Ambassadors, I've been involved with since freshman year. Um, and through my junior golf, I was also involved with AJGA Leadership Links. Um, and so I did that for two years, I believe. And my final year was I raised money for a thing called Backpack Buddies, which is up in my local community, um, and they provide food. Um, and school supplies for a lot of needy children in our uh, rural area, because uh, we're really rural up in the mountains. Um, and so I used my golf to, you know, raise money for that. And so I think that was kind of a leeway into what I wanted to do when I got to college. Um, and being a part of these two groups here at UGA really helped us get involved, you know, with the food bank, we do a thing called Hunger Bowl, um, Girl Scout Day, you know, where we uh, teach Girl Scouts about, you know, our lives and play a lot of fun games and teach them the importance of exercise and stretching and just goal setting and stuff. Uh, we did toiletry drives, uh, walk a dog to school, which is where we go to the local elementary school, actually right by the athletic association. And we like walk kids to school or greet them at the front door, um, you know, hosting or being a part of like golf clinics at my local course. Uh, just like the, the middle school girls that would come or the little girls. Um, yeah, you know, just some things that I've been involved with. And so it was really special to get that award. And so I'm honored to, to get that. Yeah, that's so cool that you've always been giving back, you know, even through your high school years. I mean, you're just giving back and there's no reward to you. Yeah. And, you know, I, like you said, I believe it's really important to you know, give back to the communities that supports us. Um, and my family's kind of always encouraged that, you know, with work we've done either through our church or just personally. And I just am really grateful. Yeah, it's so cool for you to be able to do that through golf because, you know, so many people get lost up in the fact that golf's a sport and golf's life. But at the end of the day, golf's just a game and there's just so much more to life other than that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So you stated earlier you are part of SAC, which is a student athlete advisory committee, which is a group where representatives from each athlete team meet to discuss important topics and issues with each other. How important is it to give athletes a voice? I think it's majorly important. It's hard from people from the outside to think they know what's going on in teams or what we really need, um, but it's much different when we're able to discuss it. And we're able to talk about it. So I think it's great that we have a committee that we're able to represent our team. And, you know, if we really need something, um, you know, we can discuss it. Or if there's an issue going on, we're able to talk about it and hopefully get a resolution. But I think it's also important because we get to learn about the other sports um, and, you know, what they're going through and how as fellow athletes, what we can do as a, 
you know, an association or just athletes ourselves in order to support that other team too. So I think it's really important that we have a voice because it is our lives and our careers. And so I think we should definitely have a say in it. Yeah, I, I agree. Another really cool thing that I think that goes unnoticed with playing sports in college is the amount of leadership roles that you learn. I mean, for example, mm. Sachs, just want an example that you have to learn this leadership role. I mean, you're the leader of the team. You're the ones reporting all of what happens within a team to someone else, and they help with those types of problems. And I just think that's so important to learn those types of roles during college. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's only going to help in the future, too. What does a day in the life look like for you at Georgia? <laughs> I guess it depends on if it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, or Tuesday, Thursday. But usually, you know, we have workouts at 6.15. Um, so that means we're you have to be there by 6 because always 15 minutes early <laughs> on our team, as I'm sure every other team, too. Um, yeah, so we'll do workouts. Uh, then I'll grab my breakfast from our grab and go and either go to the golf course uh, right after workouts, uh, depending on my class schedule, or I'll go straight to class um, and, you know, do classes and then either golf practice after classes or before classes. And then we'll usually have a tutoring session or um, something in the evening, as well as getting our um, athlete dinner and then trying to fit lunch in our day somewhere. Um, and then, you know, working on homework all night <laughs> and then trying to get to bed at a reasonable time and then usually do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's a grind, that's for sure. It's a lot of fun, but it's definitely a busy day for student athletes. And you're right, if you're not early, you're late. We're the same way on our team. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. Oh, yes. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> you will suffer the consequences. <laughs> yeah. So what are you majoring in? So I am a double dog sport management, and I was just accepted in the sport media program here at UGA, which is another thing that I thought made UGA special. Um, I should have mentioned it, but that really drew me because I've always wanted to get into sports media, and they have one of the top programs here. Um, so I was just accepted this semester. So I started um, I started tomorrow, I guess. School, club, school starts tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but my double dog program means I'm getting my undergrad as well as my master's. So I'll have a master's in sport management as well. That is awesome. Congrats on that. Thank you. So how do you manage to balance your athletics and academics? Like I talked about with advice to my sister, just time management, you know, you really value um, your 15 minutes of free time, whether that's, you know, doing a homework or starting something, um, you know, you just try to squeeze it in wherever you can. Um, and so we'll try, you know, I'll usually go to the golf course and we have a really nice lounge um, in our facility um, and great Wi-Fi. So I'll usually bring my schoolwork to the golf course with me. And if we don't have like team practice, uh, like mandatory team practice, then I'll practice and then go in, do some homework, go back out, um, just try to squeeze it in wherever I can because you know, I've been in that situation where you wait till the last minute too many times and it's stress. So just try to balance it through the day and try to switch, you know, switch that lights, light switch off in your head. You know, when you get on the golf course, I try not to think about anything school related. I'm just there 
to get the work I need to get done and just kind of relax too, because I find that golf, if it's been a busy school day, golf helps me calm down. <laughs> yeah, that's really important. What you just brought up there is the importance of like managing to kind of find different sections in your day and really keeping things separate. You know, when you're golfing, you're golfing. When you're doing schoolwork, that's what you're solely focusing on. I think that's something that I've learned a lot about and I know other people have as well is just how crucial that is in your performance academically and athletically, being able to really separate the two. It just helps you to really kind of focus on whatever you need to get done and be as efficient as possible. Yeah, for sure. You know, you gotta, you gotta separate it. You gotta, you also gotta give yourself some free time too, just to either take a nap or I don't know, hang out with friends. That's important too. (laughs) You gotta get the power naps in. Oh yes. They hit different in college. How often does your team practice and work out? So we work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, at 6.15. Dude, we've kind of changed um, our practice since my freshman year, actually. So freshman year, it was a lot of like big team practice, um, you know, almost every day. I mean, if we don't have a designated scheduled practice, it's not like we're not going to practice. You know, you always we always find ourselves at the golf course um, for sure in any spare moment, I guess. Um, But now we kind of do, we have like a team practice on Tuesday, Thursday evenings, kind of like two to four 30 ish or five ish because it just works with our class schedule. And then we'll have like one session a week where it's just us with the two coaches. And I think that's kind of cool that we've kind of changed that um, this year because, you know, it just lets us check in with the coaches have one-on-one time, um, as well as, you know, a big team practice where we do games and drills and whatever we need to do. But I like the individual time that we've added this year. I think it's been good. How many girls do you guys have on the team? Uh, we have 10 because we had uh, two fifth years uh, use their COVID eligibility. So I was excited about that. Glad they came back. Do you live with any of your teammates? I do. In this apartment, um, it's just a two-bedroom, two-bath, and it's just me and my teammate, Katarina. So where are all your teammates from? I know you have a pretty big team. I also know Celeste is from Canada and Candace is from France, but are there any other cool places that the rest of your teammates are from? Yeah, my roommate um, and teammate is from Italy. Uh, so Katarina is from Italy, and I think that's super cool. Uh, Joe is from Taiwan, um, and that's super unique too. I can't imagine oh, her trip home is brutal though. Um, Isabella is from Austria. And so that's really unique too. That is really cool that you have teammates from so many different places. Have you ever been able to have the opportunity to go visit any of them? No, I am dying to go visit. Um, I would love to go visit all of the places, honestly. I. I've only traveled out of the country once and that was to the Bahamas for freshman year tournament. So I can't say I'm a world traveler, but yes, I would, I would love to go visit, have not yet, but looking forward to it. What has been something cool that you've learned from your international teammates? Um, I think the coolest part is about their national teams. I think that's really interesting um, because most of my international teammates have all been on a national team, you know, team Italy, uh, team France, Team Canada, uh, Team Austria. And I think that's really cool because we, you know, we don't have that, I guess, technically in the US. You know, we have like our state teams and um, 
uh, you know, Team USA that go that goes and represents. Um, but it's they like live with the national team during the summer or they have like training camps and it's just a whole different experience. Um, so I thought that was cool to learn about uh, just their different like junior golf experience compared to, you know, us Americans. And I think another cool thing I've learned is just about their culture. Uh, I love you know, I love learning about different cultures and I love hearing about their ways of life, you know, how their schooling was like Kate's high school or Katerina, I call her Kate. <laughs> Kate's high school was five years and, you know, we don't do that. We do four here and she had a whole different setup. Um, so just learning about all that, I think has been really interesting. Yeah, I agree. On our team, we have four internationals. Two are actually both from Spain, one from Denmark, and then one from Austria. Us being from America, like that's all we know. So having girls on the team that have the same ambitions, like goals and values, and like both want to be on this, have the same goals in life. It's so cool to see. And just knowing that there's a life where they're from, that's in a way similar to ours, you know, obviously they're going to wake up every morning and they're going to go to the golf course, just like we do. And the way they've grown up on golf courses, like for example, like out in Europe, like the golf courses are more link style. So for mm -hmm. like one of my teammates, you know, she's plays better on that. Cause that's what she's grown up on. And just to see how cool and different everyone, how everyone grows up differently, but in the same way, we all come back to the same place. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you just said. I think it's, um, you know, cool to see that how small the golf world actually is, even though it seems humongous, but it's actually very small and connected and we're all working towards similar goals and it's cool to bring it together in the college um, culture. And another really cool thing that you mentioned is the national teams that they have. I mean, that is an unbelievable deal for them. One of my teammates, she plays on the Spain national team. And I mean, that's a lifestyle in a way it's like college golf. I mean, they have specific workouts, they grind, they travel to tournaments together, which is really cool in a way. I'm jealous that there's nothing like that in America, but at the same way, like, yes. <laughs> there's so many people in America that play golf. Like, I don't even know how you pick a team, but it's really cool the way that they have those national teams and they travel with them and they learn and they have a coach, a strength coach is literally like college in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool and learning about that and how, like I said, how different like their tournaments were playing and, you know, because most of theirs are, I guess all wagger, but it's like the European team championship and tournaments like that. And, you know, we have similar things like that in America, but it's just all different over there. So it was cool to learn about it. Just hear about it. It's also cool that they get to put on, um, you know, their country's flag and logos or whatever they have for the whole summer or even their whole time and just get to represent that. What does the qualifying process look like for your program? Um, so we do have an exemption policy based off the tournaments. It's top 15. So if you take top 15, um, you're exempted into the next event. Um, but you usually still play qualifying just to stay competitive and just doing the same things that other girls are doing. Um, so I guess, you know, technically one's not more worn than the other, if you want to 
related to that, I guess. <laughs> um, but we usually have, you know, it could be anywhere from three rounds to nine rounds we've had before um, of qualifying. We've had stroke play. We've also had a match play bracket before. Um, we've kind of had all of the above, I guess you would say. But most of the time, it's just stroke play and coach sets certain amount of rounds, whether they're in one weekend or they're spread out over a few weeks. Do you prefer to play or practice? And does this change at all during your summer season? So I prefer to play um, only because growing up, I never really had like a practice facility like I do now in college. Um, so I was always on the golf course and Katie and I would like hop around the golf course, hop around all the old men playing and just try to find a hole that was open and do our distances or, you know, hit drives or sand traps, whatever it may be. Um, but I really enjoy being on the golf course because I think, you know, it's important if you're working on a swing related thing or putting drills, you know, to get on the practices when you get on the range, work that out. But I think when you get onto the golf course, it just creates a whole different like mindset and you know, you have, you can have consequences on the golf course versus like on the range. So I definitely prefer to play. And is your team expected to play in events outside of the college season? So, yes, I would say yes. Um, it's definitely encouraged and, you know, I'll, honestly, all of us would do it anyways, but it's definitely encouraged because, you know, our coaches want us to stay competitive they want us, you know, if we're working towards getting an invitation to a certain tournament like ONWA and, you know, helping our rankings, then it's important to compete. Um, and so we'll definitely try to play qualifiers, um, you know, for the AM or anything like that over the over the summer or just try to play some amateur tournaments. And then actually, I guess most of us play a tournament over Christmas, too. I guess it's because we ended our season so early. We're like, oh, we need to be back in tournament <laughs> so yes I think it's expected what is your favorite event that you compete in during the summer I have now consistently played in this tournament called the Donna and it's a relatively new tournament um, it's up in Virginia but it is so much fun the people at this golf course I mean okay the golf course is spectacular first and the people there are just amazing like they are so friendly and you can have one of the members actually caddy for you and so I got lucky enough to have this amazing uh gentleman named Emmanuel and he is not going to be my caddy consistently because he's just like the coolest guy an amazing golfer but yeah I would say the Donna um is one of my favorite events they feed you every night they have like a live band one night there's like Kona ice after the blazing hot rounds and the golf course is just unbelievable, very hard, but it's just a fun place to be. And this past summer, you played in the U.S. Women's Am for the first time. What did you think of that event? Well, first I thought it was freaking awesome that uh, Jensen Castle straight dominated, um, but <laughs> it was it was really special. Um, you know, obviously I was sad I didn't make the cut. Um, that was definitely my goal, but you know, accepted it. It is what it is. There was going to be another day. Um, but I was just grateful to be there and to be able to, you know, win my qualifier shooting three under, like that was really exciting. And just having the whole experience 
of being at my first U.S. Women's Am because I've come so close so many times. I can't even tell you. And I did, you know, I did break down in tears when I qualified because it was just a goal of mine and coming so close so many times. It was just exciting to be there. And that event is like no other. I mean, just the atmosphere is incredible, how they take care of you. I mean, anything you possibly need, they're going to take care of you for it. And that golf course, Westchester, was really cool. So it was just really special. And I had a blast either way. I think a lot of people don't realize how stressful it is, the whole qualifying situation, whether it's for the U.S. Women's Open or the U.S. Women's Am or any event, even the PGA Junior Girls growing up, that event was a qualifying and, you know, it's one round, it's, it's anybody's ball game. And I think it goes really unnoticed to how stressful that event could be. I mean, I also had to qualify this summer for the AM. I was at the turn, I was two over and I'm like, this isn't getting in. Like I need to get my head out of my butt or something. Cause this isn't going to work for us athletes to be able to put our mind in something and say, you know, we only have nine holes left. Like we need to figure out how to get a scoreable score in that can actually get a chance to qualify. I think that's something really strong that we have. And I think looking at those USGA events and the qualifying process speaks so highly of all of the athletes that compete in them because this last summer, especially like all of the qualifying scores I looked at for the USAM were like, like every time under par. And it was like, everybody's getting to playoffs at two or three under and all of these really great players had to grind to get in. And I think that's so cool that there's a tournament like that where the level of performance is so high and to even just get in is a really big deal because it is just so tough. There's so, like several times where I've had qualifiers where I've lost in a playoff for an AM and I've shot like even par one under and I'm like, yeah, that's not a bad round. And it's, there's just so many talented golfers out there. So to be able to get an event where you have so many great players trying to get in is really special. I agree. And I think that makes the AM so much more special knowing that everyone's deserved their right to be there. I mean, yeah, it's 18 holes. You just don't get lucky. And I mean, when we tee it up on those qualifiers, every single one of us tell each other, you know, it needs to be 69 or lower. That's the only way you're Mm -hmm. getting Yeah. Even par sometimes gets in if it's a hard day or a hard golf course. But at the end of the day, like we always tell ourselves, team the ball up 18 holes. You need to go out there and shoot 69 or better. That's going to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And it just shows, you know, like that's your one chance and then you don't get a, you know, there's not another qualifier. There's not another 18 whole rounds at 18 whole round until the following year. So yeah, I definitely agree with both of y'all. And that's one of the cool things is, I mean, obviously I was injured going into the amateur and I saw the doctor and the doctor told me prior to the AM, she was like, she didn't want me playing in the AM. And I was like, look, I really don't care what you think. Like, I mean, it's an 18 hole qualifier. Like I qualified for a reason, you know, this wasn't just some joke that I just barely got in. Like I actually earned my spot and I'm going to play in the event. And that's just like a backstory of the AM, obviously going back to what we were saying, you earn your right. And it's way more deserving when you go there and, you know, playing, there's some girls that go there that are already automatically exempt because they're because of their rank, which is fine. That's how it should be. If you have a top 25 rank in the world, you should be at the event, no, hands down. But yeah. it's so much more deserving when people like us who aren't automatically exempt, who aren't 25 in the world, we actually qualify and we get there. And it's, it's I mean, the USAM treats you like royalty. So it's so cool to be a part oh, of it. Yes. 
those snacks though in the locker room. <laughs> I mean, I walked away to that tournament with so many snacks. <laughs> oh, you got to. I mean, the Sour Patch Kids, man, that was my car ride home snack. Nims, <laughs> I was eating every round. So, what are your favorite putting drills? Oh, yes, putting. That has been, you know, I admire people that just are naturally amazing putters because I don't know about y'all, but I just feel like you got to, I got to work putting every day, just somehow, because, you know, it's either on or it's not. And when it's not, I don't know, for me, it's just not fun. But anyways, uh, yeah, putting drills have been my best friend. Um, I have a Vizio putting mat and that has rocked my world. You know, this is not an advertisement, but highly suggest getting that putting mat. Um, it's just really helped like my arc. So I do at least 25 putts on that mat, you know, kind of as a warm up to get it going. And then um, I've learned a lot of fun putting drills in college. Um, our new assistant coach is from Sweden. And so she, you know, gave me her Swedish national team putting drills. And it's like, there's some that are really hard. There's like a compass one. Um, and you kind of have, you know, tees on either side and it works seven to 10 feet, um, which, you know, is really key for birdies or even saving par. Um, and you have to make, you know, you have to see how many putts you make from each tee before you can move on. And we have, we'll like set a number for the day or something. And, you know, it can get really frustrating. Um, and you might be there for hours on hours, but it helps. Um, I like to do a lot of speed drills. I'll do like 10, 20, 30, um, and set a stick behind the hole and then a stick in front of the hole too, or like a T mark and just try to get all of the putts into that box. Um, cause I think speed's really important and I can't, I can't like move on to the next T until I do that. Um, and then I just love playing putting games. We have this six foot putting game. This thing gets intense. And I will say my sister has never beat me in this six foot putting game, but you like choose the other person's six footer that they have to put. And if they make it, they go one up. And if they miss, you go one up and you play 18 holes and it is a blast. It'll get you really frustrated, but it's fun. Uh, yeah, those are just a few. I could go on, but. Yeah, I might be stealing that from you. Josh, uh, our head coach introduced it to us. Right when I got there, freshman year, team retreat at Highlands Country Club, like second week of school, I beat him the first time. Uh, <laughs> and he, we played that all the time. So it's really good. Like it's fun way to end practice. Yeah, that sounds like a really good game. I'm big on putting drills. I think putting is the most fun thing to practice. And mm -hmm. I love the competitiveness in putting. I mean, putting comes down to pressure and mentality. Like, every, oh, yes. Like, yeah, putting is just so mental. And the only way to get better at it is by practicing. Yep, that's all you can do. It's just like speed. The only way to get your speed down and tempo is just practicing over and over. I think the greatest part, but also the most unfortunate part is the drills that are the most frustrating are what are going to make you the best because those are the ones where it's like crunch time and it really helps to like uh, replicate on the course putting like in those like high pressure situations. And so although they're super frustrating and can add a lot of pressure, they're definitely the most effective. Yes, I agree. And like I find, you know, when you're doing those drills and then you're in that moment in a tournament and you have that pressure putt, it's a little bit easier, or I shouldn't say easier, but less pressure because you're like, 
oh, all that work I spent on that compass drill, it's come down to this, I can do it. <laughs> do you consider yourself a streaky putter? Um, you know, one thing that I noticed just looking at stats, that was kind of my Achilles heel, like in the season, I really had a goal to get my uh, putts, uh, what's that called? Putts like gained during the, or, you know, like putts gained or lost during the round. I was always losing shots to putting. And so I really grinded on that. Um, and so I actually have a new putting grip, a little new setup, um, just a better tempo. And so like, I was really excited that Orlando amateur, all of my days, my putts were, uh, 29, 28, and 29. So they were under 30. And I, that was like huge for me because I could never, I'd always have like 32 putts during my rounds and that was just killing me. So yeah, that's something that I've been really grinding. <laughs> well, next time I see you play, I'll be the judge. Yes, please. I, I need, yep, go ahead. I can always take criticism, constructive criticism. <laughs> so you practice putting about every day? Yeah, I'd like to, in my practice sessions with some putting drills, um, I just think it's a nice finish to practice and leeway. Um, or I don't know, it just depends on my practice plan for the day, but I'll usually finish with putting drills. Do you have any chipping drills, chipping games? Oh, yes. I, I think that's one of my favorite things uh, to practice. I love practicing short game. Um, we have a really awesome chipping facility here. It was just redone, but it's really fun. Um, and so the chipping game, I love playing up and down games. I think that's really important um, and something that, you know, my parents really had Katie and I just trying to do because uh, driver show put for dough. And when you can, you know, play like an up and down game, we'll set like five uh, positions and the goal is to shoot like uh, one over or better um, or whatever we set the goal for that day. Some days we'll, you have to shoot like even or better. Um, so, you know, if you like miss a putt, if you don't get up and down, then you got to chip it in or else you got to keep doing it until you pass it. So I like, I really like that game. What do you consider the strength of your game? Um, I always think that's a funny question because somehow it's like, it can change <laughs> like from year to year, it can change. Um, you know, not going to like one year it was putting the next year. It's, you know, my scrambling. Um, I think I'm a really good scrambler. If I do get in trouble, I find my way out. I try to, you know, play the smartest. Um, I really take pride in my course strategy. Um, you know, I sometimes I can see golf courses a little bit different than others. Like I might not be the one taking a driver off the tee. I might be taking a three wood or a five wood and I end up getting a better score than the other person that took a driver or whatnot. So I would say like, my course management strategy um, and scrambling. What part of your game has developed the most since getting to college? I would say short game. I've got, I've learned a lot. Um, I would say like wedges, you know, like that under 105, our head coach really, really, you know, every single week, I think twice a week, we're doing a random 20. And that's where, we get to hit golf balls at our coaches um, and they'll go and stand at different yardages, like 75, uh, 63, and they measure how close you hit it. And then they give you like this whole rating and a score. 
So I think that's where I've developed the most. Like I'm really confident with my wedges and pitch shots um, and just really a lot more creative with my short game. And I learned aim point when I got to college and that's helped a lot. So I had no idea what that was beforehand. Were you required to learn aim point? No, I wasn't required. Um, it was just, they know it really well. Um, and I was looking for a change and I'm a spot putter already. So I kind of join aim point with my spot putting. I kind of do like a joint thing. Um, and yeah, they taught, cause we have girls that don't do aim point on our team, but they have it as a tool. So your coaches put a lot of emphasis on your wedge game. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, and you know, we set goals for scores. And if you don't make that score for the day, like you got to repeat it, you got to do it again until you get that score or else, uh, I guess you don't leave until you do it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it kind of sounds aggressive, but it's really not. I think it's just really helped our team because those are your scoring clubs. Like if you can, you know, be really confident with one, even 125 and in, like that just makes you so much more confident. Cause if you get in trouble and you need to punch it out to that distance, you're like, Oh, I'm going to get up and down or par five, you know, having to hit your third shot or things like that. So yeah, that's a huge focus. In my opinion, it's so cool to see coaches like thought process and how some coaches put emphasis on areas that other coaches don't. For example, my freshman year, we came in, the four of us, there was four other, three other girls on the team that came in with me as a freshman. And our coaches told us that every par five, you're going for it. Doesn't matter how far it is. You're going to hit driver three wood off the par five. And, you know, the first few times I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, there's water up here on the left, like that brings the water into play. I mean, what, why are we doing this? And sure enough, you know, they're, they were, their thought process during that time was, you know, you're, the closer you get, you're going to be able to score better with a wedge in your hand than laying back and scoring with an eight iron. And that's stuck, to, stuck with me since. So every par five now, like I go for it no matter what, just because, I mean, you know, I'd rather have a wedge in than others. Now for some of my teammates during that time, they obviously did what they were asked that fresh, my freshman year. However, they lay back to a certain number. So they are better at 80 yards. Whereas like, I'm such a field player. Like it makes more sense for me to hit driver three wood and have 30 yards or 25, yeah. or whatever number I have in, I'm better with field. Whereas some of my other teammates, they're better with a certain number. So it's so cool to see how coaches adjust and what they believe in their strategies for their, their team. It's so cool to see how that differs between schools. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's cool to see how a difference between like junior golf and even college golf. And, you know, I, I have to shout out my mom for the course management skills because that was all her, like she, from the get-go taught us that and it stuck with me ever since. And like I said, I think that's something that I'm really strong at, but yeah, I mean, we adjust, you know, we'll, they'll drill us on those distances and everything, but it's only to Paris for whatever situation that works best for the golfer and what they put themselves in. So, you know, personally, I'm like your other teammates. I like to go, depending on the hole, I like to go to a strength distance. Like I can get it to 65 or I can get it to 80. I'm like, oh, I'm, this is like inside 10 feet, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> or I hope so at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of jealous that you could have a drill like that where you get to hit your coaches. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my coaches here at Kentucky. <laughs> Ryan. They're awesome, but it, 
it would be so cool for me to hit a wedge at them when they're 80 yards out there. I mean, that would, that's so inspiring. Oh yeah. I mean, and Josh is really ambitious when we hit the golf ball, he'll try to catch it or he won't move. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's quite entertaining. Yeah, we don't hit the golf ball directly at our coaches, but shout out to our assistant, John Whithouse. When we do our wedge drills, he'll go stand out by the targets and kind of help to determine if we get them within the certain distance we're required to. And so we don't necessarily hit it right at him, but he's always standing by it. So it's kind of like, oh, there's the possibility of that happening. And so Jensen, I think you should uh, talk to your coaches about making that a thing. Don't worry, guys. After this... We're changing our practice schedule this year. We're going to have some type of drill <laughs> where there's someone is standing out there and we're, we will be hitting to them. If we showed up to one of your practices, where would we most likely find you? Uh, the short game area would definitely either like in a sand trap or hitting some sort of like bump and run chip shot and then trying to make the putt. Yeah, definitely the short game area. I just like to have a lot of, I think, that's where you meet the most creative. Um, and I really enjoy it. Are there any other cool facilities that athletes can utilize at University of Georgia that are very helpful? Uh, so the golf team specifically, we have three courses and all three are really awesome. You know, it's nice to have our golf course literally walking distance from our facility. I know some schools, you know, have different setups, um, but I think that's really cool. Um, and it's completely different than Jennings Mill. So Jennings Mill is uh, all Bermuda grass. It's a whole different layout. Um, and then we have Athens Country Club too, which their practice facility is amazing and their golf course, and they have two courses. Um, so we are able to utilize all of that. And it's all in a span of 15 minute drive. Athletes as a whole, UGA has like a brand new physical training area. We have a really nice academic center where free printing, free writing center um, like where there's people literally on standby to help you grade your papers or adjust them and then you know we have like the math area we have honestly we have everything we have the nutritionist office too where you know i'm in there too much getting all the snacks uh but you can just walk in there anytime and go talk to them so we got a lot of really nice amenities that we're able to use so i think that's cool at georgia is there a certain equipment that you guys have to use um, not anymore. So I think a bit ago they had to use a Bridgestone ball or there was even, there was even one year where I think PXG was a sponsor. Now, I don't know if you had to use it, but, um, I'm just kind of remembering what previous players had, but no, we don't have anything specifically. It's whatever you prefer to play, whatever you prefer to hit. Um, we just, you know, have to use Nike gloves. We do have to do that because it's the same as our gear. So we have to use Nike gloves. Yeah, that's another thing that's really cool to see that varies between schools, how, especially within the SEC, everyone has different contracts, whether it's with Nike or Under Armour. I mean, you look at LSU, they're able to wear Lululemon clothes, which is so cool, you know, Lululemon's such a good brand. Whereas like us here at Kentucky, like we have such a strict, strong contract with Nike where we have to wear Nike clothes. And even we had a problem with the rain jackets this past year, the Nike rain jackets that they came out with, they go to your knees, which they look so good, but you can't play golf in that. So we had this huge problem where we had to say the Nike clothes that we're getting, we can't perform in that. 
I mean, they're unswingable. I mean, it looks like when I wear the rain jacket, I'm going to rob a bank. I mean, it's such a good looking jacket. Like I love it. <laughs> but it's just yeah. so long. Like it, I, it goes to my knees. Like how am I supposed to swing in a rain jacket like that? So, I mean, we were able to work out something with FootJoy, luckily, and I have FootJoy jackets, but everything else we wear is Nike. And I mean, it is strictly Nike. Yeah. I mean, that's same for us. It is very strict Nike. Um, and then, you know, you have my sister's school who uh, is Nike and FootJoy. So they get FootJoy golf shoes, they get uh, the gloves, they get the rain gear. And I think it's so interesting. And that's something that I study in my major like all the deals and the contracts and, you know, even in the SEC, you have Mississippi state, it was Adidas. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. It's really interesting, but yeah, we're strictly Nike. We got to use the gloves, wear the shoes, all the clothes and their rain gear. So. I think really quickly, I need to shout out all the people who work in compliance and with all of the different <laughs> kind of clothing, because there are so many rules for what kind of clothing you can and can't wear. Even the size of the logo that you have on yes. your uniforms, there's a very specific, size requirement um or else your team gets disqualified there's time management everything there's so many things that people deal with and it would not be possible for us to be doing what we do without any of them so shout out to them and all the hard work that they do for us because i bet it's pretty tough agreed i could i i don't think i could do that job So on our team, we actually, when you're the senior or upcoming seniors, you get to pick out clothing for your team. And so Eric and I have been going through that process and that's how we've seen so much um, with the equipment and what's allowed and what's not allowed. And that's where I really started to realize just how hard these people's jobs are. And it was pretty mind blowing. Yes, yeah, I can only imagine. What is your favorite event that you've played in college golf? Oh my gosh, that is so hard. Between the Bahamas tournament or the Darius Rucker? Because both were pretty just unbelievable. I mean, Darius Rucker, just being able to meet him and have a private concert and that golf course was brutal, but awesome. Uh, And that was just a fun tournament. But I think the Bahamas was my favorite. Um, Being able to stay at Atlantis, not pay for that. be able to stay on like the top floor and be in the Bahamas and you know the the food at this golf tournament I mean they had a spread like you've never seen after our rounds um so I definitely you know ate my weight in food there but yeah it was just that was definitely my favorite event it was unbelievable as college athletes I think it's so cool to see all the places that our sport takes us for example, the Bahamas, you know, for you to go on that there, I mean, there's no money you could put to that to show the experience and all that you learned on that trip. For example, I played in Puerto Rico, Georgia played in Puerto Rico with us, our freshman. Oh, yeah. Year. Yeah, we were there. Yep. And I mean, that was my first time flying over the ocean. Like, I mean, I, I'm sitting here watching the Titanic and we're flying to Puerto Rico. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, brilliant in my part. I'm like looking out the window and I just see the ocean and I'm like, what am I watching? But for example, that experience was something I'll never forget. I mean, I was looking at palm trees over there and I'm like, are these the same ones that we have in Florida? Like just crazy stuff you learn. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like when we were in Puerto Rico also, and then I was on one hole and a little, a parrot flew over me. I was like, you see these things in like 
I don't know, pet stores and zoos. And this is flying over me. Like I had never seen a jungle before. And so that was just really cool. And it was the same with the Bahamas. Like I had to go get a passport. I haven't done that. I had my first little stamp in my passport. That was just a whole experience. I mean, I don't fly much. I didn't fly much growing up. We are drivers. We drive everywhere. And so every time I get on a plane, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh my gosh, the baggage claim. Like, oh, I'm flying in a plane. I don't know. I just make a big deal of it, I guess, because it's just cool. It's just really awesome we get to do it. And how lucky are we? What do you like most about college golf? I just really enjoy the team aspect. And like we've been talking about, the experience. I mean, it's a once in a lifetime experience. No matter where you're at, you can have that once in a lifetime experience. And I think what I enjoy most about the college golf is just the competitiveness and being able to, you know, playing on the golf course and waving at your teammates and hyping each other up and the reactions, you know, before, during, after a round, I think, you know, just the whole experience itself and everything that comes with it, the good times, the bad times, the, the traveling, the, you know, funny moments at restaurants when you're eating together as a team. I just think all of that is what I enjoy most. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. And it's something that, you know, only lasts four years. So you got to take it all in. Your team hosts a home event. What is it like playing a tournament on your home course? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think it's just a whole different feeling and atmosphere when you get to say like, this is my home turf. And you know, when you're on your home turf, just like the older sibling, you always want to be on top and you always want to be the team that's representing at their home because it's where you practice and play all the time. Now, whether you, whether we do it or not, it's, you know, whatever it'll come. Um, but it's just a cool thing to be able to, you know, go to our facility, warm up at our facility and then walk out to our golf course and see our banners, you know, on the 18th tee have our logos everywhere and have others come to our home turf. Cause you know, it's cool when the football team gets to do it. And so it's almost like, hey, we get to do it too. <laughs> Does the tournament attract a lot of fans? Yes, the tournament's been, you know, coming, getting a lot of more fans. And we have been trying our best to attract as many as possible. We post so much during the week of Liz Murphy. So sorry in advance. But thankfully, you know, there's been a lot of other athletes. I know the women's tennis team who are really close with came out and watched us baseball some football players. It was just really cool to have other athletes be able to come and actually see what we do because we only get one home tournament if teams are lucky enough to get a home tournament. Unlike every other sport who have multiple, multiple home events. Um, so we just try to get as many people as possible because we want them to see what we do. So thankfully it does attract a good amount of people. So you mentioned before that you guys play a couple other courses outside of your home course. How often do you get to go play there? So we're able to play there um, whenever we want, actually. You, we even get to play there over the summer. Um, I just called them and asked. You know, we always have to call and ask first because uh, they are private clubs versus UJ's public. But usually they always work with us and we're always able to go play in the afternoon, um, which is really cool. So we do do a lot of qualifying there. We try to switch it up. Um, on the golf courses. Yeah, we're able to go there almost whenever we want, as long as they don't have a tournament or member outing or something. So it's really nice. Looking back on your experience with golf and being a college athlete, 
What is one thing you would tell your 18 year old self going into college? Enjoy every moment. You know, I found myself, it's, it's hard. Like we have really, it can be really a hard life at times, but I would tell myself to not stress so much. I definitely, definitely did. Um, and maybe not put so much pressure either. I think I, you know, I used to put a lot of pressure and I still do because we, it's because we care. Um, and we know how much it means to be here, but I would say definitely to myself, enjoy every moment because it does go by so fast. I can't believe we're juniors, like what the heck? So yeah, just enjoy every moment. And no, I think don't wear yourself out, but do the absolute most, like take advantage of every opportunity, you know, go do that community service event, go be a part of SAC or ambassadors if you can, or whatever your school has to offer and just try to do it all. <laughs> What is the most important thing you think you've gained from college golf? I would say what it means to work together and what it means to battle adversity too. Because, you know, in those moments, like you got to rely on your team, you got to rely on your coaches, and you got to also think back to everything, you know, that you've done in your past you know, the hard work and everything else and what it's come to and that it's got you to this moment. And so I think college golf has really taught me how to celebrate the victories, every type of victory, you know, really pursue those goals and like how to achieve those goals. Cause I think I've got a lot better at that and actually focusing on that from college golf. I think that's such an important point that you made about adversity and learning that from college golf, because golf's one of those sports that you're not always rewarded. There's countless hours that you put into golf and, you know, you could still come up second or finish DFL for that matter. But it's always about the little victories. Like you said, you know, I mean, for example, a lot of people go through the yips and chipping. You can practice that 24 hours a day and you still can't fix it. So it's the little victories in golf and knowing that everything's going to be worth it at the end. Like you just need to continue to enjoy the grind, enjoy the focus. And at the end of the day, everything's going to happen the way it's supposed to. And you got to trust the process. And that's super important with golf. I'm really glad that you had that point. Yeah. And I love that trust the process that has been one of my mottos, my teammate Zoe Walker and I has been one of our mottos the whole time and just, you know, really reminding yourself to put, trust in God too. I think I've surrendered a lot through college golf um, and just really come to learn that it is not our plans. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much for coming on today, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. Had a lot of fun.